Thanks for downloading this podcast from The Rock of York. We hope it inspires you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Rock of York, or search for The Rock of York on Facebook. And of course, there's the website at www.rockofyork.co.uk. But you probably already knew that. Here's something you might not know. Come on, aren't you glad he doesn't mark your transgressions? Come on. I know that's a bit of an old-fashioned word. All it means is the stuff you do that you're even embarrassed about yourself. Right? I don't know. I wish you'd all get a bit more excited about grace. Grace is amazing. We've sung about it. I think um, I mentioned it last week. Some, uh, familiarity breeds contempt. I don't know whether we should have kept as a church beating you over head, on the head all the time about what you should be doing and how much you need to live up to certain uh, requirements. And, you know, if you do this, it'll all be all right. But instead we said, no, you're free. And it's almost like that freedom has made you think, oh, well, in that case. See, I still can't get any response from you. Well, in that case, it's really weird because um, this is not an excuse. I'm just sharing my heart. We've had such a busy time this last few weeks with all that we've we've been doing for the grotto that um, sometimes, you know, I'm I'm aware that your brain space just gets (laughs) so totally jammed that you think, what? You know, you can't sort of think a a thought. And it was um, interesting. I've got a whole bunch of stuff written down. And I said to Jenny, I said, none of it links together. I mean, none of it has any sort of lovely thread that takes you to a lovely conclusion. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice, you know? And yet, when uh, Beth got up, it was so amazing. The one thing I loved about that clip was the President of the United States starts off in his wonderful you know, uh, whatever you call it, speech. And he gets distracted because there's somebody over there that he looks at and he, you know, and he gets distracted and I'm thinking, yeah, that's me tonight. <laughs> I think, how did she know that that's what was going you know, on in my mind? And uh, I can't remember the other thing that was interesting about it. It'll come back to me later. But anyway, um, a lot of the things I'm um, wanting to say tonight are probably very disjointed. Uh, so will you hang with me? Do you believe that, that God speaks through different elements? And uh, I don't want to make what I'm doing now any more important than anything else. I know history would say that this is, oh, this is the preach. You know, you're preaching the word of God and therefore this is very important. I'll be honest, my journey has taken me to the point where I I don't put extra weight on this anymore. Yeah, this might be a little bit of a talk, but I believe everything that we're doing is contributing to people's lives. Whether we're in the back, in the grotto, in the kitchen, it doesn't bother me whether I am slicing chicken or I'm here now. Now, some of you might say that's, you don't think that's the truth. Actually, I would say that I probably feel more comfortable in the kitchen slicing chicken. Would you believe that? I really do. 
because I don't take to this as easily as some of you think that I do. But I, I, you know, I do believe I have some thoughts. I, um, I thought Jenny did a lovely job last week. I hate it when, I mean, I've been hurt terribly in my life by people accusing me of being sort of a, well, they've accused me of when I speak, it's psycho babble. And some people who were supposed to be my, be my friends have said that. And that was very hurtful. But when you look at the Bible, whether you like it or not, there's a whole bunch of psychology in there. And uh, it might be using slightly different words, but it's in there. There's a whole bunch of sociology in there. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of theology in there. There's all theologies. And um, we must never get away from the fact that the way that... We are formed as people. We are, um, we're mind, you know, that's the psych. Did you know that the word psych just literally comes from mind? It's a Greek word. So when it's psychology, it's just meaning what's going on in your head. It's really profound, isn't it? What's going on in your head? Um, and um, when Jenny was bringing that last week and she was talking about the things that, that affect our normal, <laughs> I love that. Come on, be honest. How many of your normals have been absolutely? Better be careful what I say. <laughs> and I love the fact that stress is basically the body's reaction to the disequilibrium. So normal is when we're, oh, everything's, I like it. Oh, yeah, this is all right. I understand this. I know, I know this. I'm happy with this. But then, uh, then something happens now. Whether we like it or not, there's stuff going on in our lives all the time that are, that are incredibly stressful because it's challenging that normal. And we like normal. We like same, don't we? Like things to be the same. And it made me think about the whole thing of post-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, well, this last 12 years, I've suffered from that so badly. And I'm not trying to be clever. There's a lot of you here the stuff happened in your life that has been so traumatic. We see, what's a trauma? A trauma is something that challenges our view of what we think ought to be. That's really all it is. You know, think about the normal. You know, we're living in a normal, everything's going all right, and then we get a trauma that literally challenges of what we think should be. You know, I'm, and I'm trying to just flow here tonight. You know, you lost your brother. <laughs> Challenged what you thought should be. It's a trauma, isn't it, Claire? Horrible. How do you deal with that? And I'm not just picking Claire out. That's an obvious one, if you see what I mean. But we all go through stuff that's traumatic. And so you get this term called post-traumatic stress syndrome. Now, I could sort of add a little bit to that to say, do you know what it is, though, that goes on? That we so resist, and you brought that word up last week, what has gone that we're not willing to accept what's now? So we keep fighting. And the reason why we continue to, to be stressed and it still continues to be traumatic is because we want what was here to still exist here, but it doesn't. It never will. It's not coming back. And you can kick and scream and have moods and throw tantrums. You can do all you like. It is never going to come back. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to be clever, but these are the things that we face in life, aren't they? So what do we have to do? 
we have to embrace the new and we have to understand that there is as much wonder, wonder and incredibleness in this than there would have been had that not gone. But he's, I mean, we're back to the what ifs, aren't we? You get me. So, um, I could say the last however many years of my life have been traumatic. I, I was, um, Sherry, if I go even go back 33 years, when I was carrying Joel, my uh, sister-in-law, she was pregnant at the time. There was only three months between um, our delivery dates. And uh, unfortunately, when she was going through labour, she lost her baby because it had um, spina bifida and hydrocephalus. And uh, it was very traumatic because they had to um, put pipes into her tummy and collapse the head so it could be born. I mean, imagine as a, as a mother that happening to you. And it was awful. And yet the trauma carried on because I was pregnant with Joel. Can't hide a big belly, can you? And so my sister-in-law is grieving. My brother's grieving. I wanted to celebrate, right? But there's this big elephant in the room. So what do you do? It's like what Jenny was saying. You've got to somehow find, adapt to a new normal and do something. And these things can be very traumatic. Now, you might say, why are you you're saying all this? Is because we understand that this is the sort of things that we live in all the time. Now, what came to me this week is... And you might say, here you go, this is Chris's first jump, because this is where he doesn't, you think, what's that got to do with this? But I'm just telling you what was happening. We're singing a song at Christmas, and, it, and, and the words are, fear no more, I bring you tidings of joy. And yet we look at all that we live through and all the traumas, and we say, well, how can we fear no more? My, my sister-in-law never, ever attempted to have another child, because she was so afraid. It's going to happen again. But the words of the angels to the people was, fear no more. I bring you tidings of joy. That's big, isn't it? It's huge. Now, again, I'm just going to keep moving on. It says, Luke 2.14, it says, glory to God in the highest peace, goodwill on earth towards men. What's goodwill? But it's compassion, it's kind-heartedness, it's benevolence, it's friendliness, it's helpfulness, it's being cooperative, it's having a really wonderful attitude. And in Luke 2.10, it also says, don't be afraid, I bring you good tidings. You see, good tidings. What's, what's that about, good tidings? Now, let me see where I am now, because I've got to find it. Here we go. You see, the goodwill was to all men, regardless of the fear that people were living in. So regardless of your situation, regardless of your story, regardless of the events that have made you so traumatized, so unhappy, the word was to you, there is goodwill and this peace to you, all men. And what are those, what are those tidings? I mean, it's, to me, it's just so lovely that the good tidings are the answer to your fear. So what are the good tidings? And you see, we're so dominated by fear. Think about it. Just this last week, I've been so 
frightened about so many things. I've been frightened about my health. I've been frightened whether I could make all the, 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 get all the jobs done that needed to be done. I'm thinking, can I do it? Can I juggle this? Can I juggle that? Fear. It's fear. There's a, there's a fear. But those good tidings that come to us are the answer to that fear. Now, why? It's not that it actually means that none of this trauma is going to happen. But it actually means that what God is saying, he's saying, I get you. I understand. I know all that's going on in your life. And you know what? It's okay. I I get you. It's amazing. I know how your views of life have been formed. And I understand. Now, you see, when when we really have fear, have you noticed how it really gets in the way of our relationships and stuff? It does, doesn't it? We, we, be, we begin to be quite, um, well, we feel threatened and stuff happens and fear immediately rises up. And yet what was in that wonderful uh, word from the angels to the people was, it's Good tidings, regardless of what has happened to you, what ha- has happened to your story. Now, there's, there's something that I think is wonderful, that God knows um, that you're doing your best regardless of all your traumas. That's the good tidings. He knows that you're doing your best. He knows that everything that's happened to you was created a particular view of the world, of how it is. Now, when I say that, I mean, oh, I'll, yeah, let me go here now. I was with a friend yesterday. I've got to go back a bit more. Gary Mack came a few months ago from um, uh, Australia and he was talking about the something, something. Come on, what was it? Jahari Window. Thank you. Let me find me. And he asked a question. He says, um, is it fun being you? Do you remember? Do you remember? He remembers, Stuart. Whoa, hey. He remembers. Whoa. Um, I must be honest. I hated that. Because I immediately said, no, it's, it's not. It's not fun being me, me at all. Because I'm aware that, well, first of all, there's two me's. Do you know there's two yous? Or are you going to say, no, I'm authentic. I'm real. No, you're not. You're real sometimes. And you're fake the rest. When I say fake, I'm meaning there's a you that you have evolved into that is the result of all your traumas. (laughs) There you go. I told you it would somehow come around and we're getting there, aren't we? And because there's this you that's the result of all your traumas, you tend to operate in that in order to survive. You see, there is, there is a point that the evolutionists are slightly right. That survival comes because we evolve. Now think about it. If you're a little kid and uh, you have a mother who is incredibly strict, how is that child going to survive? It survives by finding a way to please its very controlling parent, its mother, and keep that what's called the, the um, something other. I forgot the word now. Anyway, the boss. 
keep them happy in order that they may feel safe and secure. But the mechanism that they've chosen in order to feel that way isn't really them. It's what they've had to create to feel that way. Now, does it, is this, this making sense? So there's two yous. So you see, I'm thinking, Gary Mack, okay, it sounds right, good that. But which you are you talking about? Is it the you that we've evolved into because of survival? Or is it the real me who screams, stop, I want to get off. Stop the world, I want to get off, I've had enough. See, none of you want me to be that. Now, you'll, you'll get why I've come here in a minute, because you see, I was with this friend yesterday who came from Nottingham to see me. And um, he, uh, sorry, I'll have to keep going back. Gary Mack had this box, and he says, you know, there's a box that says, uh, there's the you that people see, but you don't. You know, the bit where you're blind to who you are, but everybody else sees. And you were all laughing, because I heard you, when that came on, you're going, <laughs> and yet, if anybody dares tell you you're something that you don't think you are, you hit the roof, because I've tried it. It was a nervous laugh. Thanks, Joel. You're very honest. Right, you're following me. None of us like to be told the you that someone else sees and you don't, why? Because you see, we think that we're this other self that we've created for survival, but somebody's saying, you're not really that at all. Am I, am I making sense? So back to my friend. We're in town yesterday because she uh, wanted to come and see me. And I'm thinking, where on earth do I fit this person coming to see me? And in all honesty, I'm not really good at that because I am wrong. I'm telling you right now, I'm wrong. This self that I've created is all about doing what I think is right, i.e. church and obligations and stuff. But when it comes to other things that I think I might want to do, I think, oh, no. But not. Anyway, the story goes on. She wanted to see me. She wanted to come and see the grotto. So I'm thinking, oh, where on earth do I fit that in? So I said, right, okay. The fourth yesterday come and I'll be able to take you through the grotto because the grotto will be finished see I'm already thinking you know finished um, and then I'll have a little bit of time bit of relaxation I'll get with you uh, uh, anyway so anyway I picked her up at the station at half past ten you might think Chris what on earth are you going on like this for hang with me I hope it's gonna make sense Picked her up at the station and uh, I brought her through the grotto and I was so excited. I felt really good showing her all that we're doing and she was thrilled and this, that and the other. And then we headed down into town for this lovely girly time. Well, it nearly killed me. It nearly did me in. Now, I'm not looking for brownie points. I'm just trying to be honest with you. Is that okay? It nearly killed me. Why? Because all the time I was with her, I'm thinking... I should be somewhere else. I should be somewhere else. I, should be, I can't be here. There's things I've got to do. I can't be here. So she's talking to me and it's going like this. And I'm thinking, I'm supposed to be listening. You know, da, da, da. No, I'm just being honest because I could not relax because I felt I needed to be somewhere else. Isn't that just oh, awful? Anyway, the day went on. It was nice, but boy, was it long. Whoo! 
And I love this. Oh, do you know, listen, I'll be really honest. And Pauline, if you're listening right now, thank you for letting me share. Because honestly, I think this is going to be helpful to the people. The point was, it was just so long. You know, because I, I, I couldn't let myself relax because it, the real me wanted to be there. But the idealized, the one that, the, that I've created couldn't be because I felt that I, I needed to be somewhere else. Anyway, let me get back on track. Anyway, so we sat in this cafe, and she's been a lovely friend to me. She suddenly says, um, <laughs> she says, I need to talk, tell you something. I says, okay. She says, you need to love yourself more. <gasps> Hello? I love myself. I'm all right. Because you see, I associate loving or should I say not loving myself, with being very depressed, very down, very, you know, this. So I'm thinking, what, what else? She, you know, I look at you, she says, and, and you just do not love yourself. And I'm saying, what? She's telling me something that I don't want to hear. Because in order to do that, I'm going to have to... Whoa. Is this, is this making sense? Okay, so you see, my worldview has been created that certain things are important and other things aren't. So yesterday being with my friend, which was probably more important for me as an individual in the sense she wanted to speak into my life and help me, it was to me like, no, 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 that's not important. I need to be doing... Are, are you getting me? I hope you are, because I'm, I'm wanting to help you. You will not have your, the story that you have will not be like mine. So please don't come and say, oh yeah, I get you. you know, find how, let God speak to you now and say how, how it works in your life. Do, do you see what I mean? So anyway, let me carry on. So she's saying to me, she says, do you remember? Now we were young people together. I always thought she was way older than me, but she's only three years older than me. So I always thought she was way older. She suddenly says to me, she says, do you remember what we were taught in Horden Church? Well, Horden Church was the place where my dad first went to minister. And uh, it was funny, we sang Joy to the World, the Lord is Come. But she says, do you remember what joy stood for? <laughs> it was so funny. I laughed because it was Jesus first. And then he went to the why. Yourself last and others in between. And I'm going, Yeah. She says, well, it's wrong. Ah! It's not. <laughs> because, see, my worldview, Jesus first, yourself last, others in between. So, of course, this is the story. Why was I feeling so anxious being down in the town? Because at the end of the day, I was, in essence, putting myself first being with my friend in town because I should have been doing something else. Is, it, is this making sense? So, and then I just thought to myself, well, if that is my worldview, now worldview, all that means is the way that I think, you know, the way I process, the way I live. Is it any wonder that when she says to me, you need to love yourself more, that I don't? Because at the end of the day, I was taught Jesus first. Yourself where? Last. And that's how I operate. So why was it I had so much stress going on? Was because I had reversed the situation. I was putting myself... 
I hope I'm, I'm, I'm making sense. There's another thing she said. And do you remember, she says, we had Mrs. Hall. This is my mother. She called her Mrs. Hall. Mrs. Hall always used to say, you never say no. And that is true. Now, I've got to clarify that in this generation, haven't I? Because really, what she was meaning is you never say no in the context of, if you're in church and that anybody says to you, you know, James, get up here and give a testimony or say something, you could not say no. Oh, Francesca, you'd scream, wouldn't you? Because it was, you just had to do it. And she sat there telling me, she's saying, I remember she said I was made a Sunday school teacher at 12. <laughs> and at 15, she preached her first sermon. Isn't it funny? All these things. So anyway, the reason why I've took you on that journey is because you see, where do our fears come from? They come from things that have been established so long. And you see, my fears come from my worldview. So my worldview was I should have been here. Do you know what was amazing, right? We, we had our lunch. We then went to, oh, we had to go and have a coffee as well. Nearly killed me. Because I'm thinking, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And, you know, we had a lovely chat. And I'm thinking, oh, come on. So it gets back here. The moment I walked into this place and went into the, into pillars and the gang were there sorting things out and getting ready, my anxiety left me. And yet all day I thought I could collapse. I'm thinking, I could just, I could just have a do, you know. Because I did. I'm not trying to be flippant. I really felt so stressed. And, I, and I'm sharing this because I'm wanting to connect with you. Wherever it is in your life, I want to connect with where you are because these things are so real. They're so powerful. I walked into that place. It was like unbelievable. It was as though I was a... Well, my heart seemed to get back its correct beating. I didn't feel like I had swollen ankles. <laughs> you know, a bit like one of these. I'm just being serious. It was amazing. Why? Because I'd come into the realm, the arena that I understood was me. But was it really me? Or is it the me that I've come to? Oh, I hope you're getting this. I know this is a bit complicated. I'm just trying to help you. Now, we have issues with one another because those fears all the time are being triggered. Like Jenny said last week, they're being triggered. So for instance, my worldview... Your worldview, they are different. Why? Because of your traumas and because of my traumas, we've come up with a way of being. But then all of a sudden, we're trying to achieve something. <laughs> oh dear, we're trying to achieve something. I'll tell you who's going to achieve it the best. Me, because my worldview is better than your worldview. And so what do we get? And isn't it awful? Isn't it just so sad? Are you with me? Come on, be honest. Husbands and wives, come on. Friends. So I'm back to the angels talking about peace and goodwill to all men 
Can you see how goodwill is the thing that says, you know, you've got your story, you've got your traumas, I've got mine, and I will allow you to have yours, and, I, and you allow me to have mine. And what happens is that goodwill, that cooperation, that gentleness, that kind-heartedness works to bring you to a point where what needs to be achieved gets achieved. Now, I hope this is making sense. Now, I just want to um, say one thing, and then I'm going to finish, because I think I've said enough. And I'm sorry if it's all been very disjointed, and, I, and, and like I say, I hope something of it gets to you, right? Um, all I know is that my life is better, and I put this out on Twitter the other day, when I assume people are doing their best. Shall I say that again? All I know is that my life is better when I assume that people are doing their best. Now, I've said that there to go back to then reiterate what God was saying through the angels. He is actually saying of all of us, it's better for him if he assumes that you are doing your best. Isn't that good tidings of great joy? And I don't believe it's the Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. I think the joy is, oh, and it was funny because Elle the other week said, do what you love. Oh, it was great. And I said, right, I'm off home. This is in Wednesday, Wednesday night. It was so funny. Right, well, I'm off home. You see, we know we can't just do what we want. You know what it's like as a mother. You don't want to get up in the night and look after your baby. You do not. Come on, none of us are that heroic. We don't want to do it, but what do we do? We get up because of what? Love. Yeah? What? And a bit of duty. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Brilliant. I have to say just one more thing, and it was because you did this, so it's your fault. So you're getting a few more minutes because of this. It was interesting that Beth had talked about how when you're younger, there are certain things that have to be in place, but when you're older, you sort of let go of them. This is, this is amazing because when I was down there, I just thought, I can't believe she's said this. But I was struggling this week with the whole thing of, there's a scripture in the Psalms, I think it is. You can come and look at me notes. They're so, they're so un readable. I mean, I'm hardly able to follow them. But it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And yet, John talks about there being no fear in love. And at one point this week, I'm going, oh, that's one of those where the people grab hold of it and say, hey, your Bible contradicts itself, you know. Because if you think about it, it's, it's like that, isn't it? You know, what are we supposed to be? Should we be afraid or shouldn't we? The fear of the Lord is the beginning. And so people have said, okay, well, it really means respect. It's not fear as in you know, fear. It means, well, just a nice respect. Do you know the word for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom is the word? Now, I'm having to find it here, yeah. Yira, <laughs> Hebrew. 
and it means terror. It does mean terror. So get off your eye horses. It doesn't mean respect. It does not mean respect. It does not mean respect. It means down to earth, absolute, pant-witting terror. That's what it means. But at the same time, John's saying, perfect love casts out all fear and there is no fear in love. I just could not believe it when you got up and started talking because you see, this is the point. How can we have that and that? But you can. Because you see, it's a bit like a kid who you put them in front of the stove where there's hot gas or electricity and you teach them to be afraid. But if the kid carries on at 25 years old, absolutely terrified of a hob. Exactly. Do you get it? And that's what you were saying. And that's what I was messing with this week. Isn't that amazing that God's speaking? So what happens is that you start at a place of fear where we teach our kids to be terrified that they're going to burn themselves on the hob. Only that they let go of that fear later in order to cook themselves a boiled egg. Isn't that just lovely? So where am I? Behind all the hate that's in the world is fear. Fear. I fear your worldview, you fear mine. We rub each other the wrong way because you don't do it like me and I don't do it like you. It's fear, isn't it? Now, at this level, we don't have a problem. We just feel irritated. (laughs) You just feel... (laughs) But at a higher level, what happens? You get road rage. A little bit higher up, you get people shooting people in supermarkets and then the next thing you get... Are you following me? We have to start here. And I'm going back to the peace, goodwill to who? All men. All men. Peace, goodwill. Because God is saying, and I'm going to read it to you because I've left my notes behind again. He's saying, I get you. I know how your views have been formulated I know the traumas of your life. I know what you're thinking. And I'm going to be friendly, cooperative, a great attitude towards you. Do you like it? Good tidings are the answer to your fear. So do you know what I think we should do all the time? When each of us start feeling a little bit afraid, we need to say some good tidings, don't we? Hey, I get you. I get you. I know where you're coming from. Do you think that might help the fear? I think it just might. So there you go. I've done it. As far as it's possible, live at peace with all men. Do we have to really? Yeah, you do. Yeah. I hope that's helped. I've just given you a bit of a story and um, I give it to God. Lord, I just thank you that you're you're faithful. 
I thank you that all the time that you, you're taking us on a journey and you, you're showing us stuff about ourselves and all you're wanting is that we might be whole. You don't, you're not bothered about the fact that we're imperfect, but you want us to be whole, whole. You want us to have it together in the context of understanding this great news and the, the good tidings that come from you, that whatever our story, whatever our trauma you're saying, I will be friendly. Isn't that lovely? I'll be good-hearted, compassionate, kind-hearted towards you. I think that's great. Good tidings, don't you? Let's be full of that to each other. Yeah? We're done. Okay, guys, you're all, all up again in the morning. Put some makeup on, boys, because you'll look better if you're tired. No, I'm kidding. Girls, put makeup on. You'll look better. <laughs> Boys get away with it. Why is that? It's a bit unfair, isn't it? But anyway, never mind. Thank you so much for all you're doing because I know it's, 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 it's tough going and you're giving up of your time, so I'm very grateful. Thank you all and we'll see you Wednesday. Thank you. Bless you. Thanks for listening. You might not be aware that The Rock is funded completely through donations from people like yourself. So if you feel like you're part of our community, it would be great if you could make a contribution by visiting our website at www.rockofyork.co.uk and just click on the donate button for more information. Thanks again. Thanks again.